0: Welcome to Innovate Podcast, giving voice to socially conscious and forward-thinking leaders and organizations within the nonprofit, education, culture, philanthropy, and social entrepreneurship sectors. Here's your host, Robert Rim. From the launch of the very first CaringBridge website in 1997, they've been working toward a single vision, a world where no one goes through a health journey alone. In order to turn this vision into reality, they've made it their mission to build bridges of care and communication, providing love and support at every step. It's the first and most widely used global nonprofit dedicated to this vital mission. CaringBridge has made it simple and safe to offer or ask for support when it's needed most. More than 300,000 people use their private and ad-free platform every day, sharing health updates and rallying around loved ones. People around the world turn to CaringBridge for such communications. Every 10 minutes, there is a new CaringBridge website made to share updates and get support, and every hour, 1,800 messages of encouragement are shared on a loved one's site. Liwana Ojala is CaringBridge's CEO. Her background has given her a strong foundation of business skills and knowledge that she uses to continue pushing CaringBridge forward into its next era. Before joining CaringBridge in 2014, she served in a number of executive roles and began her career as an attorney. Liwana has been continuously recognized for her business acumen and achievements, winning awards for being among the top 500 executives, most admired CEOs, top women in business, and others. She studied at Northwestern University before receiving her law degree from the University of Minnesota Law School, the opportunity to lead an impactful organization at the intersection of healthcare, nonprofit, and technology, all while utilizing her many years in e-commerce has made CaringBridge a rewarding and fulfilling chapter in her professional career. to welcome to Innovate Podcast.
1: Thank you so very much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: When dealing with health issues, it's natural to want to keep family and friends updated regarding one's status. Yet that communication can be so difficult and emotionally draining. Tell us about people in that situation and how CaringBridge eases that burden.
1: Thanks for that question. First of all, one of the things we've tried very hard to do at Caring Bridge is to give patients, caregivers, and their communities one place to communicate. And there's a very practical benefit, of course, when someone is going through something very difficult. Their community who cares really wants the information and wants to try to figure out ways to help. You know, we we believe that, but it's it's also research-based as well. There's so much research out there that shows the benefits of telling your story as part of a healing process. And, you know, can't can't reiterate enough, the community really wants to hear that information. It's really tough when you're in the situation and you feel like it's a burden to have to share with the many ways people communicate now, whether it's text or email or call or they're using social networks to get their information. It can be really overwhelming, all those choices and the different ways people are communicating with the patient or caregiver. So CaringBridge just makes a lot of sense to put it all in one location, and then people can access it on their desktop or tablet or mobile anytime.
0: Hmm. And with COVID-19, many of us find ourselves separated from loved ones. CaringBridge provides that bridge, that connection in ways that medical necessity has brought about. In what ways does this collective tragedy underlie the far-reaching importance of CaringBridge and its key place within our society?
1: Such a good question. You know, first of all, I would say we've been around for so long, since 1997, as you mentioned. So the, the need for patients and caregivers and their communities to come together has, of course, always existed. What happened in 2020 with the pandemic, it was so heightened because you really can't do some of the other things that you do to support the people you love when they're in the hospital or when they're sick, or you, you, we weren't taking people meals in the beginning of this pandemic, we weren't visiting them. So using technologies to stay connected was very, very important. And of course we've seen a lot of folks use CaringBridge for COVID related instances as well. There are really great stories of hope and people coming out of it and other stories which are really tragedies for the families going through with it. And of course they're now on their grief journey. So, you know, it's just become much more pronounced. The other thing I'll also note is that 65% of our users are caregivers. They are often the forgotten person in the room when the medical diagnosis and all the protocols that have to happen at home are being reviewed. And now it's even become more difficult because they're not even in the room. And then the healthcare system in the United States has been so focused on the clinical care setting. That a lot of times you go home, the caregiver is that person who's trying to care for all of the follow-up that this patient needs to be on a path to healing.
0: The social isolation that this pandemic has really put forth across our planet directly affects the healing process, doesn't it?
1: For sure. And, you know, of course, healing is a not not a settled science. It's distinct from health and wellness and, and better health outcomes, Um, But one of the things that CaringBridge has done these last few years, we've been on a journey with people who work in academic institutions, Mayo Clinic, the University of Minnesota. There are some very specific researchers that we work with in other parts of the country. And when we did all of that, trying to understand and learn what our caregivers and patients go through, we started developing a framework around healing. And it has three dimensions. The first dimension is about belief. And we've seen on Caring Bridge a lot of people talk about their spirituality, their faith. I mean, it doesn't have to be spirituality and faith. It could be nature. It can be music. It could be other kinds of core beliefs. The other part of the framework was about belonging. So the importance of being part of community. And then the third dimension is about being, which is about meaning-making and making sense of the experience these patients and caregivers are going through. So we think believing and being and belonging are all part of this framework of healing. And so we've learned quite a bit about this research. And the objective of all of that is, let's not let people go through the same kinds of struggles that people have already gone through. How can we expose some of these insights and learnings so that people don't have to reinvent the wheel when they're going through the experience?
0: And that's an evolving process. Along those lines, let's take a look at your beginnings. Uh, nearly 25 years ago, your founder, Sona Maring, had the idea for CaringBridge when she needed to share news about a good friend's premature baby. Instead of making dozens of emotional and time-consuming phone calls, she created a website and CaringBridge was born. So how has the mission evolved since that time?
1: You know, it's the the mission has really, really stayed the same. It's all about making sure that anyone going on a health journey has the strength of their community and the help and the love um, that they need. And so, of course, our origin story was about a premature birth or baby Bridget. In fact, our name is very much embedded with baby Bridget. Um, She was that premature baby who passed away after just nine days. The site was originally called Caring for Bridget, which is how Caring Bridget's name was born. But there will always be a need for any kind of health journey to bring that community close to you. So what the mission hasn't changed, but what has changed is we've done a lot of improvements to the site that meet digital users' expectations. For example, really spending a lot of time enhancing things like our planner. We know that people need help. It's very hard to ask for help. And the community is sometimes at a loss to know what to do to help. So the planner actually allows us to match needs and desires with the community's desire to provide those things. We've also done a lot of partnerships because we believe in the digital world that you should not reinvent the wheel. If there's someone who does something really, really well, let's just partner and leverage that technology into the experience. Really terrific examples of that are GoFundMe, Meal train and now Zoom, we have relationships with so that you can do these things um, if you do need money for your healthcare expenses, or you do need meals delivered, or, or you want to schedule a video call, you can do that through the Caring Bridge experience. And then I, I think finally, the, the other thing we started doing about four years ago was the idea that there's a resource section on Caring Bridge. And to be clear, it's not medical advice, but it is. Practical tips that have been curated by our own CaringBridge users over our 24-year history, around things like how do you talk to your kid about cancer, how do you support someone who's grieving the loss of a loved one, what are some things that you could say to be helpful to the family of of someone who's far away but still cares deeply about someone on a health journey in a, in a different location. So we. We've really tried to think more holistically about how bridge can help in the experience overall. And of course, our foundation is in technology. So we constantly need to be evolving um, in the ways that people are using technology on their journey.
0: And it's great to hear you talk about collaborations uh, in light of all the divisions and politicking that envelop our country. Are you optimistic that more and more collaborations will take place, uh, particularly as we're all in this together, aren't we?
1: I, I sure hope so. I, I am feeling hopeful about w- what this pandemic has done is precipitated creative collaborations and thinking, and I'm very hopeful about that. We have had to come together, not just in our nation, but across the world in trying to tackle problems together. Very clearly, you know, one country and, or one community cannot do these things on their own. They're just so large. And so this idea and more openness for companies to collaborate regardless of their legal classification or or what industry they're in I think is going to be part of the better together future that I'm I'm really looking forward to.
0: It's great to hear that perspective. And since it's inception, how many sites have been created on Caring Bridge and uh, how many users have visited those sites?
1: Oh, thanks for that question. It's it's always really um, fun to answer this question. We've had about 890,000 websites created since our inception and 2.5 billion, and that's billion with a B, uh, website visits in that period of time. And that's a whole lot of love, hope, and compassion. So we're very proud of that. We also know that there's many more people who need our service and, and either don't know about us yet or just have not. They, they think it's hard and it's really, really easy. And so we, we hope that more and more people understand that we're here for whenever people need us and all of us are going to go on a health journey at some point in our lives, whether it's ourselves or someone else that we love. And so as as large as those numbers seem, we know there's a lot more people that we can continue to serve.
0: And as you continue to serve them, take us through the process of setting up a website and active network like Caring Bridges, which can really be a dawning test at any time.
1: Oh, it's, you know, it's really actually very simple. There's very few things. That's great to hear. Yeah. Very, very few things we ask you for to start at CaringBridge. Of course, I want to make sure I mention again that we're a nonprofit and it's free. So the only thing that you need to set up a site is it's your name your and your email. And then most importantly of all is your choice on how private you want to make your site. We, and that's pretty much it. Then you can start sharing your story and inviting other people to Listen, we have sites where the purpose of the site is for people to get their own thoughts out and it's just for them, i.e. they're the author and they're the only one who's going to read it. We have sites where you, you cannot even find the site in our own search on CaringBridge because they want to be very private and only share it with five people. And then of course, we have sites that have thousands and thousands of followers every day and they want to be public and share their story so that other people can learn. But it is really, really quite simple to to get started. And I would encourage you, if you wanna just try it before you, you can try it before you commit. That's the other thing. Some people find it's really, really helpful and there's magic in that digital community and other people decide it's not for them. And there's, so there's no obligation to continue it if it's not helpful. But we mostly have found people who do start find the value in that connectivity.
0: And for those not technologically adept, what you described about the simplicity of setting it up really speaks to inclusion, doesn't it?
1: Yes, I mean everybody is welcome. We don't we don't make any determination about whether this kind of health journey is right for or not right for caring bridge. You know, the origin story that we just talked about earlier was very traumatic. Going through a premature birth and losing a child was horrible, but it was a the grief journey, of course, was long, but it was a short period of time. But we have many, many sites on the sites that are also for chronic conditions, mental health conditions, things that you would not necessarily categorize as what we call a health journey. But really, everybody is welcome. And again, it's free So it's it, and very easy to set up.
0: And you doubtless come across some truly amazing stories. Would you share a few that show how impactful CaringBridge can be and in fact is?
1: Oh, yeah, I have just had such an honor, the honor of meeting many of these families as well, and I've come to be so connected to them. So I'll share a recent one that, that was public that we shared late last year, Bernie and Leslie Goldblatt, they just survived COVID, both of them. Bernie really was in the hospital for a long period of time and came out of that experience. And of course, they're both long haulers now, but a great story of COVID survival, and then we have sites I've followed for many years since I've been at Caring Ridge. Um, One family, uh, their daughter, Avery, from the Seattle area, they shared their daughter's um, DIPG cancer journey. She sadly passed away, but they continue to use the site in their um, both in their advocacy for cancer research to stamp out DIPG, but also keeping her spirit alive and, and also making sure they're staying connected to their community in grief. And then I'll just personally share that I used CaringBridge for the last two years in my my own father's cancer journey. I was a very fortunate to be the leader of this organization for many years and became a user of our service um, a few years ago. And so I can see firsthand the value of how important it is to stay connected to people and share those stories. Uh, And I'll just as an add on say, one thing we have committed to at CaringBridge is those stories are available in our system for as long as the families want. So there is some memorial aspect, there is some celebration aspect of these sites continuing on for years and years through a survival situation or or through that person's passing too. So those are just a couple. There are so many that I could share, but it has been really, really special to watch these journeys come through and see how the service has really helped these families in a very vulnerable time.
0: Yeah, and as I shared with you before the podcast, one of my dear college roommates, his son is going through cancer and I'm on CaringBridge's Mm -hmm. site literally almost every day. The kind of support and dialogue and and faith and comfort that CaringBridge provides, we can Mm -hmm. see that reflected on a daily basis. And isn't it true, Mm -hmm. Luana, that our bodies are created with chemicals and hormones so that when we get that kind of support, it literally impacts our physical lives?
1: I definitely agree with you that the, the connectivity between the physical and the mental are so important. That's one of the things I've learned in this role. Um, the healing journey, it's so connected. A lot of foundations in Eastern medicine with this idea. And, and of course, here in the West too. But the, the other thing that I would add is, and I, I don't want to miss this point because she said something that resonated with me that I think your listeners might find interesting. One of the most viewed parts of our, Caring, our Caring Bridge site is when the author of the site sees who was there. They like to see that you came, they like to see that you clicked on an emoji to indicate you read and heard them. People are always surprised when I share that, but not only are they putting out their story, but they want to know the community is with them. So it's something to think about if you are following a CaringBridge site and part of that community that, that taking some action is actually very meaningful to these authors.
0: And these are indicators of very direct and profound support. Oftentimes people in these situations, these really difficult situations, create perhaps a social media page or GoFundMe campaign, but you offer such a feature-rich one-stop experience. In what ways is that altogether essential when handling one's health journey?
1: Well, you know, the life of a caregiver is if you figure it out one day, the next day will be different. And frankly, there's ebbs and flows within a day, like within minutes, within hours, so you want, we want to create a tool and a program that makes sense of the chaos for them. So this one-stop location is actually a very deliberate part of our strategy to make sure that we are leveraging the insights, that caregivers' experiences are not static. It is constantly changing. So this one-stop is, is quite important. I think the other attributes that that we also are very careful about and and are very strategic choices is we are not an ad based revenue model. What does that mean? Well, it means we don't. We're not going to tell you what was in your last e commerce cart. We're not going to tell you about a celebrity cosmetic launch. You know. <laughs> <laughs> How true. Well, and we're and we're not going to get into political discourse with you. So because this is a very special journey, it requires the the level of honor and um, and and simplicity and solemnness that and or celebration it as the author desires so we really try hard to honor that our privacy options um, are very important to us we don't sell data so yes it's one stop but it also d- It does not clutter the experience and the special thing that family is going through. And that is really a very important choice that Sana Mering, our founder, made that I have continued and the the organization is committed to.
0: It's wonderful you provide that free space, which is such a key component. Yep. And another component is personal fundraising, which is also a feature built into the DNA of CaringBridge. Take us through that process.
1: Well, you know back back to that framework I mentioned to you, um, I use I call it my three B's, you know, believe, belong, be. The B part is where this fits in. So a lot of times we find on Caringbridge that when people have gone through an experience about a specific health condition, they become advocates for that. and they become very passionate about wanting to f- further the research, further further the solutions to help tackle that specific health condition. And so we created a space where you can do fundraising for that thing, whether it's you're going to do a walk and the community is there. We want to give them the opportunity to engage their community in the ways that they choose. And so you can utilize that feature to start your own fundraiser for the thing that you care about. Of course, we are a nonprofit, so we do our own fundraising as well. Uh, We have been very fortunate that our donors have been so generous with us we had about 160,000 donors last year say that this is something important on the internet and that they want it to continue to exist without the, those ads and you know violating privacy policies and things like that and so they make a donation to us because they understand that we are unique i kind of answered two questions on fundraising there but we exist because of the generosity of our donors and we're very grateful to anyone listening that is a donor we we thank you so very much i'm very proud to be a donor and And if you haven't yet thought about CaringBridge as a place to support, you know, I invite you to do that.
0: And as you mentioned privacy, there is little else that's more private than our personal medical histories.
1: Exactly. Yep.
0: How does CaringBridge approach those issues and make it comfortable, uh, if I could use that word, in using a site like CaringBridge in order to show those things?
1: It's 100% our CaringBridge users' choice. So, you can decide the privacy setting you want about what you want to share and not share. Um, I, I, I will not disclose who, but some very, very famous books have come out of using CaringBridge as a very private site. You know, if you actually go to our CaringBridge resource section, you'll, I think there's almost 180 books there of people that have turned their CaringBridge journal into a book. Those folks, of course, have chosen to be very public about their journey and wanting to share their learnings with with people. But there's others that are very much it's all about making sure this is my space and so the, the short answer to your question is it's all about what people choose and we will honor whatever that is and you know we've never wavered from that position.
0: And the integrity that goes along with honoring that position is so crucial, isn't it?
1: Yes, and and, and again that's that's enabled by our donors who realize this is a special place on the internet.
0: And how important was it for you to develop a CaringBridge app, and what has its usage been like?
1: Oh, good question. You know, I started with the organization six and a half years ago, and when I looked at the statistics of what's happened in terms of mobile use, it's really catapulted. I mean, six and a half years in technology time is like a eternity. Uh, with the with the pace of acceleration of both digital user expectations, as well as, you know, some very innovative people who come up with great new ideas all the time. But so much of our lives is on mobile now. So a lot of our investments that we use donors dollars for are in continuing to enhance our technology to meet, to meet those user expectations. If you're not in mobile in any kind of telehealth or healthcare support state than you really need to be, because it is where people are engaging. And it was just so important that we continue to revamp that a few years ago, and obviously constantly making improvements to the mobile app.
0: Which has been great to see over time. And I'm yep. thinking about your personal CaringBridge story, which, as you mentioned, began six and a half years ago. It's recently been announced that you'll be moving on. What has this time meant for you personally? And uh, what are your future plans?
1: Thanks for asking that question. You know, I'll just start by answering, it, it's, it has been spe- such a special role to play for this organization. I followed our founder, who is terrific. We had the ability to grow in these last six and a half years with a terrific group of people who do such a good job. I always like to share with people that the last time I looked, which is a while ago, but Facebook has 30,000 employees and we have 45 and so our ability to have really fantastic people to continue to move the team forward has been such a, such a gift to me as their leader. So what 2020 did for me is to really evaluate, you know, how can I best be deployed into the world to create greater impact? You always want to leave as a leader, leaving the organization in a better position than you started. But sometimes you have to look at yourself and maybe it's time to get out of the way so that somebody else could write the next chapter. So that was the spirit by which I worked with my board to transition out of Caring Bridge at some point this year. They're in the process of looking for uh, my successor. And so I'm excited about that. In terms of what I'm doing next, not quite sure yet. I mean, I'm in exploring different opportunities and really trying to be very careful in this unique moment in history where there's so many organizations who need leadership and help to propel the things that they're doing. And so I'm looking forward to completing that exploration and figuring out what that looks like for me this year. But in the meantime, you know, we I'm still in role. We are very busy at Caring Bridge, continuing to move all aspects of the organization forward from our research agenda to the product improvements to modernizing our technology continually and really just most importantly getting the word out that Caring Bridge is there for anybody who needs it.
0: And as you mentioned, believing, being, and belonging with love, hope, and compassion. Hmm. On these vital notes, listeners can find out more about CaringBridge, how to become involved, and individual pages at caringbridge.org. Thank you so very
1: they much. We want
0: all the best to you and the entire CaringBridge team with your tireless efforts on behalf of people around the globe. Thank you for joining us today. Our library of interviews and a range of further resources are available at our website, InnovatePodcast.org. Innovate is produced in partnership with Ashoka, Innovators for the Public, the Kellogg Fellows Leadership Alliance, the Philadelphia Social Innovations Journal, and by Arch Street Press. For PRX, the Public Radio Exchange, this has been Innovate.